0: Good evening. It's Sunday night. I'm George Watkins. I am so glad you've stopped by. We're going to have some good discussion today on the Word of God and the blessings of the Lord that adds no sorrow. It just gives us good direction and strength and wisdom. Amen. If you're new to our broadcast, thank you for coming by. Stay around a while. I believe the Lord led you here on purpose. Amen. Well, I had a thought drop in my heart. I want to follow it out tonight. On Sunday night, just a little different conversation perhaps than in the morning sessions. If you have not visited our morning sessions, we're on every morning, same place, (laughs) early, We come on early West Coast time so my East Coast friends can have it with their coffee at the breakfast table. Okay. Well, the caption today is you don't drink pond water. I'm a Northwest guy. I was raised in the rural areas of the Northwest back in the (laughs) back in the dark ages, actually, when we roamed through the countryside and climbed the hillsides and swam in the rivers and played in the ponds. I remember one summer, I was about 14, I ended up in Roseburg, Oregon for about a month. Somehow I was staying there while my mom and dad were traveling somewhere. And in back of the house was this Huge irrigation pond filled with water. Well, it was filled with water and frogs and moss and mud. We had a time floating in our inner tubes. I got sunburned severely because you lay there like a (laughs) like a 14-year-old, not knowing the sun's doing a job on you. But never one time did I drink that pond water. Why? Because it was dirty and dead. Well, that's the word I'm bringing to you this morning, this evening, is that you don't drink pond water, you drink living water. Now, on the other side of the picture, I've fished a lot of rivers and creeks. If you're you're from the other side of the mountain, you'd say creek, but I'm a creek guy. (laughs) I've fished a lot of them, and Never took a water bottle when you're out in the mountain territory or the hill territory with the creeks running. Why? Because in the days I was a, a young boy, we didn't have chemicals running through the waters. We could just dip down, take a drink of water and be on our way. Why? Because rivers and creeks clean themselves as they flow. I'm not sure of the distance. It would depend, I suppose, on the ground and the different cli- the different chemis- chemical balance in the, in the earth around. But they tell me every few feet it's changing until the water becomes purified again. Now, this is the example I'm using today between pond water and living water, river water. River water, is that flowing water that is full of life? I would—I uh, know it's a little shock to say you say this to you, but if you're just reading the Bible, you are—you are—you are doing vain repetition, and that's not spiritual life. You don't get good—you <laughs> don't get things good out of that. Scripture warns us against vain repetition. The, um, the example in Jesus's day, the elders and the priests and so forth. And in our own day with religious ceremonies, even in our own charismatic churches, even in our own Pentecostal churches, we go through some of the same <clears throat> rigmarole. I, that's, a, that's not a spiritual word. That's just, <laughs> you know, we do it over and over again. We used to brag. It seemed like we were bragging a little bit that we're not like the church down the street. We have freedom. And yet we had our three songs and our couple of courses. And then we would have announcements and so forth and, and preaching. And then we'd come to the altar and pray. We had the same routine every service. After a while, it's like, Vain repetition. Why? Because if you don't add faith with whatever you're doing, it becomes just a natural, it becomes a, a action or a, a you know a function of the natural man, not the spiritual man. Why? It doesn't take long. It's just amazing. I've been in several different moves of God. That we would consider a, a revival move or a movement or a breakout. I was in the part of the Jesus movement in the early days. Got the tail end of that. I was involved in the faith, you know, the faith teaching movement. I was involved in uh, the the prophets, the apostles, and the charismatic movement. and the in the early days, I was part of that. The, the final throes of the Pentecostal movement. Now, when I say that, this is not critical in the fact that these different moves of God or breakouts of the spirit, they had their they had a purpose for foundational and setting a pathway for us to go. But it's just incredible to me how fast we can become set in a pattern. Mm. I caught some of the fresh wind out of Toronto back in the, the early 90s. We went to Toronto and came home with with that spiritual virus. <laughs> you know it just whoo, jumps on you. We had some people come through and our church was electrified and for months there was this uh, this just move of the spirit, every service. It wasn't long before I noticed the people were repeating something we did last time. They were trying to make it happen by some sort of action on their part and bringing out something they did in the last service, trying to make this service the same. It's part of our makeup when we rely on us and not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit's like a fingerprint. It's always different. There's never the same. Well, you say, preacher, how are you going to have a church service if you don't start on time and end on time? How can we have a how can we have a children's ministry if we don't let the chi- the parents out on time so we can go home and have lunch? <laughs> All right. Well, I've been there for a long time. Those those things are always challenging, public services okay i i'm not answering that by the way that's your problem uh, i say that kindly and i didn't mean to i didn't mean just push it on you but when you're involved in a church and if you're pastoring or in, in leadership that's where you need to pray and get the mind of god doing things different is not just is not Holy Spirit. We just get up there and do some crazy thing different and call it the Holy Spirit. No, Holy Spirit gives us that life, whatever we do. And if you do it 50 times straight in a row, as long as the Spirit of God is still there, the life of God is still in it, go for it. But don't do it out of the fact that, well, it worked once, let's try it again. Remember Samson, he, he rattled around and uh, tried to do it again, and it didn't work. Found himself blinded, tied up to a you know to a post out there in the middle of, of well, he was actually grinding meal blind for a long time because he he just shook himself after he was doing something to break the covenant and the codes of God. And he found himself, finally, the spirit lifted. Now, okay, this living water thing. Let me read a verse out of the Passion Bible in John ten, uh, John 4. Jesus said, if you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again. Now, here's the woman at the well. Jesus is sitting outside of town on a hot... <laughs> <laughs> wow, some of those countries can just cook you if you don't have shade. He's sitting out there waiting for the disciples to come back from town with something to eat, traveling through uh, third world countries or countries that aren't quite as modern as you and I are used to in America and some of the major nations. It's interesting. You don't have a fast food place on every corner. We got on the train in Poland going on a trip to into, into the next city you know, gullible Americans. We didn't have a lunch. We didn't know they didn't serve lunch on this train. And the people sitting facing us in this little train compartment, they broke out their sandwiches and their cheese and their crackers. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have given them 10 bucks for that cracker about that time because I hadn't prepared. So Jesus is out <laughs> Outside of town. Oh, that was quite a flashback. Jesus was outside of town and this woman that is an outcast now. She's an outcast because the women in town just forced her out of town. The religious attitude was, you're a sinner, so get away from us. Jesus showed up there. He showed up to the woman at the well and he starts talking about water. And he he makes some statements here that are important. If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with everlasting life. That's the Passion Bible. And it speaks of that which happens when you have the Holy Spirit And the word of God mixed together. If you just read the Bible without that anointing, it becomes vain repetition. They do it in the universities. The professors open it up like a textbook or a poetry book, and then they credit, they pick it apart, and they try to show this and that, and they try to, you know, teach out of it. When there's no Holy Spirit, when there's no living Word it can actually harm you because it builds a lab, a layer of unbelief. When you read the, the word of God without faith, it builds unbelief. It builds a hard heart. It builds a cynical heart instead of a believing heart. Amen. Okay. Now, <clears throat> Jesus must speak his words to you, for it to be living word. How's that happen? Well, here's how that happens. Take John 3, 16. I, I use this all the time. My favorite verse. <laughs> Probably the first one I ever memorized. You can read a verse like that and meditate upon it. And I'm not saying it's, I'm I'm saying don't, <laughs> I am not telling you not to read the Bible. Come on. I'm I'm instructing and encouraging you to bring faith into it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ through everything you read or everything you meditate upon. So when you break the book open and read some verses that are familiar to you, suddenly something happens and the page blurs out in a sense and you see something in that verse you never saw before that's what i mean by when jesus speaks to you directly out of the word of god okay sounds like i'm maybe suggesting not to use your mind or your thinking or your education or your you know your training no no everything god's given us is for a purpose but when that leads us if that is our is if that's our director if that's our strong suit i'm i'm educated i'm smarter than the average bear so i am going to tell you what this means okay or you have 40 or 50 concordances and you go back to men that wrote those you know 200 years ago and you read that as gospel okay that was a revelation to them how about you You're not chump change, you're a child of God. You've got the same Holy Ghost that those smart men did. (laughs) Well, I'm stirring up more than I'm answering tonight, I think, because when we get in some of these, uh, well, hands off area, don't say anything about the Bible because it sounds like you're criticizing the word of God. I'm not, I'm telling you, there's people that worship this book instead of the creator of the book, the author of the book, it becomes a holy book we you know we get real <clears throat> judgmental you know but we, we have a pretty strong opinion when someone uh, gets, uh, gets a <laughs> gets in trouble if they harm the physical Quran you know, boy you can be in serious trouble if you do some damage of that well we have our own little hero worship in the paper and the page instead of the spirit of this thing and that's what i'm talking about let the spirit of this word be living by living word to you now just a little peek at um, At the living, the living water that's flowing out of Revelations twenty-two. I love, I love that, that part there. Let's see if I can pick it up here quickly, and it has to do with, uh, with the water that's flowing out of the throne room. Let's see here. I'm in the, mirror in the Passion Bible. Then the angel showed me, the river of water of life, flowing with flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the lamb. So this is where God and the the son, the lamb are there. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit. Okay, this is a snapshot of the life of God as a river flowing out of the throne room And it flows into us. And then he said, The words I speak become a fountain of life that gushes up out of you. That's where the anointing comes out of you. It's the water of God, the word of God, the life of God that flows from his very words into your spirit. And it's turned into a river. Of life that flows out of you and I. That is good stuff. Amen. So when you break the book open and you say, I'm going to meditate upon this verse or chapter, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it and bring life to it. Amen. Okay, well, I love Sundays. Tomorrow is whoa. <laughs> A new year we'll see you early in the morning everybody has a busy day on these celebration days so catch me when you can we'll be there 24 years since the end of the world i know i say that to kind of poke somebody in the eye that was telling us that 2000 the world was going to disappear god's got a plan bigger than our small little thinking it's bigger than you and i and it's gonna it's gonna be complete the plan god has is not gonna be half-baked so let's stay tuned and strap in for the ride (laughs) all right until tomorrow morning may the lord bless you and oh by the way don't forget subscribe thank you for sharing thank you for comments and thumbs up and all the good things you say and do thank you for your prayers and your financial strength that you send our way all those things can be found in the notes below amen well i'll see you in the morning god bless